0: Welcome to Chat with Leaders, where we highlight leaders who use influence and business as a force for good. On this episode, we have a repeat guest, William Warren, who is a brilliant illustrator, CEO of The Sketch Effect, and author of The Conquering Creative. In this episode, William shares his experience transitioning from a creative hobbyist to a successful business owner, offering practical advice for creatives who want to make the same transition. He emphasizes the importance of finding the intersection between what you're naturally good at, passionate about, and what the market needs. William breaks down the ways to shift your thinking, actions, and outcomes to achieve success. Tune in to learn how to overcome business challenges as a creative professional, and how to turn your creative skills into a sellable product. This episode is packed with actionable insights that will help you develop the mindset and skills you need to succeed in both your craft and the business of your craft. So let's dive in.
1: All right, William Warren, we are back here on Chat with Leaders. You know, we have not had as many return guests as we should. We've had so many great guests, including yourself on the show over the years. And I'm just so glad that we have this opportunity to circle back and talk about your new book. So thanks
2: for coming on, William. I'm super fired up. I think this is my first uh, time to be a repeat guest on a podcast, so awesome. Uh, I'm excited. Well, I was super inspired. You know, the
1: Shackleton's Way book that you brought up in our last one, I'll always remember. I brought up that that book and that analogy for how to handle uncertainty in uncertain times, which we are still in, you know, post-pandemic, but today we're going to shift over towards a different topic, which is overcoming business challenges for creative professionals, which is going to be super edifying to me as a creator, as someone that didn't, you know, consider myself a creative until the last few years. Um, but you wrote a book on it called The Conquering Creative, and so- yes, I did. Draws on your experience of transitioning from a creative hobby to a real business. Can you talk about some of the key steps you took to make this transition uh, into a real business from a creator and how your experience informs the advice that you offer in the book?
2: Yeah, for sure. So I always like to preface that by just reiterating that I never set out to be an entrepreneur. I never set out to be a business guy. Um, I've I've always been and still am a creative at heart. I love illustration. I love drawing. I love comics and cartoons. So this whole business thing was never part of my master plan. But here I am running a creative business. We've got uh, almost 20 employees, working with clients all over the world. And uh, so it's just interesting to kind of reflect back on that. And to answer your question, you know, I think one of the things that informed my decision to start a business, a creative business, was just this realization that it wasn't as hard as I always thought it might be. I remember being in art school back in my early 20s, getting my master's degree in illustration, and just sort of being terrified by this idea of like running a business and reading a PL and doing sales and paying, you know, paying my own bills, like that thought was just very terrifying for me as a young 20 something creative about to enter the real world. And thank to, thanks to some mentors and to some experiences I had, I realized that it wasn't as hard as I always thought it was. Um, and one of the first things I did, and this is actually the first chapter in my new book, is learning how to take a creative skill or a creative thing, and then turn it into a sellable product. That's a mindset shift that a lot of creatives don't always have because they think about their art as their art or their creative thing as their creative thing. But if you want to become a creative professional or you want to launch a business or have a business based on your creative gifts, you have to sort of morph this thing, this sort of creative thing into a product that's got a price and has a process and has you know, advertising and has an invoice and a proposal and all of these things. And so... That was the first thing that I, I had to do. And and fittingly enough is the first chapter of the book.
1: It the struggle is real, my friend. And you know, as much as you go through business, I kind of backed into being business first, then creative. You still struggle with marrying the two. And so, you know, actually thinking about those business elements like coming up with a proposal and a template and how to be thorough and invoice and do your AR and AP and Everything it's just, uh, it's just crazy. And and I love when people can find their passion and their skill of you as an illustrator and such a creative human being, you know, I love that about you and, uh, and turn that into a business. It's really benefiting, like you said, clients all over the world. You've hired 20 people. I mean, what a gift, you know, to, to match that and have that kind of influence. So kudos to you, William.
2: Thank you. Yeah, I, I I always talk about this idea of of your personal sweet spot. So, finding that intersection of the things that you're naturally good at—that's one kind of circle. Also, finding the thing that you are um, passionate about, where you care about this thing on a on a personal, emotional, deep level. And then the third one, and this is the kicker, is what does the market need? You know, what are people actually willing to spend real money on? And a lot of creatives, uh, especially myself they're really, they're easy to, they're easy to, it's easy to figure out what they're good at. It's easy to figure out what they're passionate about, but finding that, that, uh, marketable product market fit element, that's the, that's the, uh, the real puzzle for a lot of creatives. But, you know, in our, in our example, the sketch effect, we found it, you know, it wasn't always easy, but we we found something that people want and they need. And for the last 10 years, we've been bringing it to the world. It's been an exciting journey. It's such a cool business and
1: we've had the pleasure of of using y'all on different events and just so amazing every time I see, uh, the work that you do and, um, I couldn't agree with you more. You got to find that product market fit. I remember praying for months that I actually could sell the podcast agency services. And then finally got my first client, second client, third, I'm like, okay, there's a fit here. And you realize you're kind of onto something. You have a hunch and then you realize that there's a fit. So that's a good,
2: and you tweak and you adjust and you modify and you learn and you grow and some stuff doesn't work. Some things do work and it's all just, you know, taking one, one step at a time. And, um, moving forward with courage and also with clarity and, uh, and vision.
1: So let's dive into that a little bit more because certainly most creatives struggle with the business side of their work. They find it boring or overwhelming or scary or something that somebody else does. How does your book address some of these specific kind of emotions and challenges and what are some of the specific mindsets specifically and skills that creatives need to develop in order to be successful in both their craft and the business of their craft?
2: So I talked about this idea, and this is really the big takeaway of my book, is that it's not as hard as you think. The bar is actually lower than you think. Um, Like people like myself, we kind of begin with this state. We're we're in the state of fear. You know, business seems hard. It seems boring. It seems overwhelming. And the main thesis of the book is it's not as hard as you think it is. Now, that's easier said than done, and so in order to make it practical, I broke it down into three main um, sections. So the first one are ways to shift our thinking. The second part is ways to shift our actions, and then the third part are ways to shift our outcomes because I'm a believer that your thoughts influence your behaviors, your actions, and your behaviors influence your destiny. So we start with we start with thinking wait, wait, you're gonna have to say that one more
1: time for the people in the back. Yeah. The thoughts shape your destiny. For sure. Say that one more time.
2: Our our thoughts, our thoughts, how we think about things, they shape our our actions, our behaviors. Our actions and behaviors ultimately shift our destinies or our outcomes. Wow. Good word. So if you don't begin with your mindset, then you're gonna be running around in circles and um it's not going to work out. But if you, if you start with mindset first, then you're, you're off to the races. Mm. And one of the key mindsets that's woven throughout the book and one that I personally am a massive believer in is this idea of growth mindset. It's nothing new. There's tons of people out there that have talked about it, but it's something that a lot of creatives struggle with because we know we're good at our creative thing. We all know for creatives like me, we know we're good at illustrating or animating or painting or designing or writing or uh, videography or filming or podcasting, you know, whatever. We know we're good at our thing, but we assume everything else is like not our talent. I'm not good at reading a PNL. I'm not good at having a sales call. I'm not good at writing a proposal. I'm not good at building a process. However, you can be. A growth mindset is this mindset that says, I don't know these things yet. I don't know how to do that thing but I can learn. Uh, there's someone else out there who can teach me or I can delegate that to somebody and, and, and have it become part of my, my whole, uh, you know, team apparatus that helps me do these things. So that's a huge component of the book is this idea of growth mindset. And so each chapter, so the nine chapters are all introducing, like I said, a new way of thinking, a new way of acting, and then a new way of generating outcomes. And they all come back to this idea of growth mindset, which is that you might not know these things now, but you can learn. You are capable of expanding your skill set and you don't have to become a master of these things. Again, the bar is lower than we realize. You just have to be good enough to, to clear the bar. And, and like with finances. So chapter two is all about finances. It's not the finance chapter. Cause that's super boring. I didn't want to write a finance chapter. It's a mindset shift that has to do with numbers. Um, and that's one of those things where like, you don't have to be a master accountant to know how to read a P&L statement. You don't have to go to accounting school to be able to look at your numbers, understand what's coming in, what's going out, and what's left over, and then be able to make strategic decisions based on, on what you're learning from that. So that's just a couple of examples of the mindsets and things that we talk about in the book that, again, most creatives are not wired to do this but I believe they can, because if I can do it, you can do it. Mm, I love that.
1: Yeah. And it's so liberating when you can actually learn just the basic skills to reach that low bar, to clear that low bar, you know, and to be able to make those, Strategic decisions that unlock clarity for your business to drive it forward and to, to come back to that growth mindset. So, really, really well stated. Uh, love that. Thank you. Yeah. So, I know your book is fully illustrated. Of course, it should be and designed to be uh, highly readable and practical. How did you use visual storytelling to convey your message? And why do you believe this approach is effective or creative specifically?
2: So, it would be extremely, um, inauthentic of me to write a book that did not have illustrations as I mentioned this has been my love since I was literally a kid you know before I could read and write I was drawing so whenever whenever the time came to write a book which is now I was like this has got to be fully illustrated so one it's fully illustrated and there's over 150 illustrations it was awesome it it was a fun process a lot of fun Um, so part of the reason why there's so many illustrations is because I wanted to have fun you know this is I like writing. I like drawing. And I wanted to have a fun time in the process. Reason number two is that I'm a big believer in visual communication. That's the basis of my business, The Sketch Effect, where we take ideas, connect them to compelling visuals. And then that combination of verbal and visual combined makes for a much more impactful, understandable, and engaging form of communication. So if I wanted these ideas to really resonate and really stick, I had to Use visuals to do it. And then the third reason I wanted to use visuals in the book was to make it approachable, to make it readable. You know, like this is a business book, but it's written for creative people. Creative people don't normally like business books. They're not the ones, they're not going to go and pull, a, you know, a, a John Maxwell or a, or a, um, you know, the e myth book off the shelf and read it. They're not going to. It's a good book though. However, <laughs> it's, I recommend it. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's fan- once you read my book, then you can read the e-myth and there then you go. you'll be, you'll be, that's all you need. Um, <laughs> but you know, I think that this is critical information for creative people. So I wanted the book to be as approachable. So when they opened it and they flipped through it and I've got a proof right here and they flip through it and they just see tons of pictures that they're not going to be intimidated. They're not going to think, Oh, this is a stuffy business book. This is, this is something that's not written for me. This is written for a Wall Street person or a Harvard MBA person. No, this book is for you. And the illustrations are just a way to make it more approachable and more more fun, you know?
1: It's beautiful. I mean, your just artistic capability blows my mind every time I see it. And uh, it's just really incredible to be able to approach uh, storytelling in that way. And I think it gets you to stop and and listen and and be more engaged in the content. So great idea and and fully agree that it would have been inauthentic. And I'm glad you could have fun while you're doing it, because writing can be a slog, you know, especially when you're trying to put yourself out there like that. Um, And I know that your book also includes interviews with nine other creative professionals that you decided to uh, tap for their opinions and their point of view and their stories. So can you tell us a little bit more about how these individuals uh, shaped uh, what you learned and and maybe, you know, how do they shape your own thinking and maybe even challenge that while you were writing?
2: For sure. So when I set out to write this book, I didn't want it to just be me and my, my thoughts because there are lots of people out there that I would consider to be conquering creatives. What is a conquering creative? A conquering creative is someone who is excellent at their craft, but they're also excellent at the business of their craft. And that's, you know, that's what the book's all about. Becoming excellent at your craft, being, er, attaining craft mastery, and then also becoming good enough at business to have a a great creative career or business. And so I wanted to interview people, uh, other creatives who inspire me and encourage me. So I picked nine and they're across, it's a diverse group of people across a diverse range of skills. So we've got designers in there. We've got a blogger, we've got animator, we've got a UX designer, we've got illustrator. It's a broad range of creatives. And I asked them for their advice on certain topics and I was just amazed at what they had to say. I'm like, you guys should all write books too. Cause this is great content. So one of them, you asked for some stories. One of them, um, one of the interviews is with, uh, an amazing illustrator or painter rather. Um, her name is precious. And she, well, the thing that impressed me about Precious's business is that she does most of her sales through online marketplaces like Etsy, Facebook, you know, online retailers, which has not been my, my journey. My journey has been B2B, meaning I sell to, I sell SketchUp services to businesses and to companies, whereas she is selling direct to consumer B2C. And she had some amazing advice on how to, how to do that. And and she's wildly successful, incredible, incredibly talented. She has a podcast of her own, in fact. Um, and I was just amazed. And, and the, the lesson for me and the lesson I hope other people will take from that is that, Becoming a creative professional or having a creative business, it's not the same road. It's you know there's multiple paths to get to that destination. And that's what's so exciting is that you don't have to follow the same pathway that everyone else has taken. You can create your own pathway. You know the internet, uh, social media, online channels make it easy as possible to carve out your own journey to that destination of being a, a successful creative professional or, or having a creative business. So that was one interview that I especially loved. Um, I interviewed another friend of mine. He's actually a good friend of mine named BT Harmon, and he's a he's a blogger and a podcaster and incredible writer, super sharp guy. And he was elaborating on just this idea of soft skills and how a lot of creatives, and I would say it, it expands to, it's it's not just limited to creatives, but we get really hyper-focused on doing our craft with excellence. And that's really important. But in order to be successful long-term and have a sustainable career, a sustainable business, you've also got to get really good at these complementary skills, these soft skills that bolster that. So how are you at speaking? How are you at writing? How are you at time management? How are you at client service and and personal care and like sending thank you notes and all these sort of kind of things on the side that don't seem that important, but when you add it all up together, it's really, really important. And so he told a couple of stories in the book that were just really fascinating. I want to hear a lot more from him on those. Um, but those are two that that stick out, but they're all fantastic. And it's one of my favorite parts of the book is, are these interviews? Yeah. And I love the fact that you
1: took nine diverse people and skills and because art, art and being creative, I mean, it's such a broad range, right? And you ask for various advice. And because there are multiple paths, and you're bringing in firsthand accounts and stories, it really helps to reinforce a lot of these lessons learned about being able to to enter into a growth mindset and learn as a creative. So I think it was a, a really good strategy to not just have the thought leadership be your own, but to weave in the stories and the experiences from other people. So I really love that aspect. I think it's going to you know, really touch a lot of people's lives because of it. Um, one of the key themes in the book, like you said, is growth, but you also talked about the ownership mindset. So can you explain um, more about what the ownership mindset uh, means and why th- that's important for creatives to succeed in the business world?
2: So I've talked to my team and, I, and it's woven throughout the book that an ownership mindset combined with a growth mindset will just make you an unstoppable force of nature. Um, so we talked about the growth mindset. It's this idea that my skills are not locked in stone, that I can expand, I can grow. The ownership mindset is the mindset where where you are accountable to your results and you take, you, you treat everything you work on as if you are the owner of that thing, Now, if you're actually the owner of your business, then obviously you have an owner mindset about your business. But it expands beyond that to where if you're working with clients or you're working with a customer, you want to bring an ownership mindset to those relationships as well, where you are owning your client's problem. You're owning your customer's problem. And if you can own their problem and then help them find a solution, you'll be wildly successful. You'll be drowning in work. And again, you'll be unstoppable. And um, another thing kind of having to do with the owner mindset is just this ownership over your, your destination, over your destiny. A lot of, and this is what chapter nine is all about. It's the final chapter, which is that, uh, you know, creative, conquering creatives don't wing it. Instead, they dream it. And what does that mean? They create strategies and they build a roadmap to achieve their, their dreams, to achieve what they want to, what they want to accomplish, because it doesn't happen by chance. It doesn't happen by luck. It happens strategically by really owning, summoning that ownership mindset and saying, I'm gonna own my day and I'm also gonna own my week and I'm gonna own my month and I'm gonna own the next three years. And I've even seen people who build build like 30-year plans and 50-year life plans. And that's that's a little I got three little kids. I don't have time to think about that right now, but I know I can at least build a plan for the next couple years. And so yeah, those those two mindsets if, if 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 one can harness both of those an ownership mindset and a growth mindset, there's there's no limit to what what can be achieved.
1: Hmm. It's great wisdom. I can relate to you as a father of three and having the time to think about the life plan, but certainly having a little bit of a plan of where we want to go. And it's something I talk to my wife about a lot. Is you know what is the the five ten fifteen? What about getting them to college and then the next phase of life and you know being able to think in advance of that as it relates to business and just life in general. And I'd much rather get somewhere on purpose, you know, than just kind of yeah. stumble into it. So, and, and then be able to evaluate if you didn't get there the same way that you thought, then being able to pivot, but at least having a plan, uh, to where you want to go. And and that's not something that was really in my wheelhouse until honestly I met her and she forced me to plan. Um, yep. Awesome. Well, finally, what do you hope readers will take away from your book and how do you see it making a difference in their lives and, and their careers and kind of, Let's, let's shape this as maybe advice, like practical advice that you would give someone maybe starting out their own creative entrepreneurial journey or even the seasoned entrepreneur looking for a way to scale their small business.
2: For sure. I would say, first of all, the world needs what you have to offer. And if you're a creative, even if you're not a creative, even if you just have an amazing gift or skill, the world needs it. And the, the best way to bring it to the world is to is to marry it to a, a, a successful Business or a successful career. Otherwise, it's just a hobby. You know, if otherwise it just stays in the hobby zone, um, mastering, not mastering, but just being good enough at business will help expand it to the world. Um, So let me just start with that. Um, What I want people to take away is, is really three things. One is I want people to be inspired, first of all, or encouraged, rather, encouraged that they can do it. It's not as hard as they think. It's not as scary as they think. It's not as overwhelming as they think. And in fact, it can be a lot of fun. Doing the business stuff can be a lot of fun and it can unlock your dreams and it can lead to so many opportunities and experiences and connections and relationships that you never even thought imaginable. That's been my experience. I've gotten to do some cool things. I've gotten to meet some awesome people. And it would never have been possible had I not taken my creative skills and then tried to turn it into a business. So I want people to feel encouraged. You know, I want them to walk away feeling inspired and and like ready to go and like let's do this like let's take that next step let's 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 sign that lease on the office let's build that website let's let's go do that service that we don't know is going to work out let's just try it like let's do it so that's the first thing number two is i want people and readers to feel equipped It's one thing to be encouraged. It's another thing to have a set of tools and and have a set of systems and kind of actions. And there's a lot of actionable stuff in the book. There's a lot of practical next steps for people to do to begin to, 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 to grow in these areas. And so I want them to feel equipped. I want them to take those action steps because it's one thing to be encouraged. It's another thing to come in with a set of tools and skills that make you feel even more encouraged and more brave, I guess, to do these hard things. And then the, 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 the third thing is I want people to be entertained. I want them to have a good time reading it. I want them to think this is not a stuffy business book. This is actually fun. There's a lot of goofy stories. So there's, you know, there's, there's stories, there's illustrations, there's some practical stuff, there's some like businessy stuff, but it, I, I hope that the whole combination of those things just make it a fun read and a quick read. You know, it's, it's 300 pages, but there's almost an illustration on every page, so um, it's it's not going to be like a long read. It's it's something quick. I think it can be read in a couple of days, and so I hope people have a good time because this is fun. It's fun to be a creative professional. It's fun to have a creative business, and um, I hope I hope that people have a good time, and then you know they they want to bring that fun into their into their work. Mm.
1: Well, it was definitely encouraging for me to speak with you today. It was a good word administered to me as a, as a creative in the field who decided to take that leap of faith and take you know something that I was doing as a creative endeavor and turn it into a business. And I can concur with you that uh, it's the best decision I ever made. And it's one of the hardest things that I've ever done, but it also is a way to just really feel fulfilled and meet great people to your point and I'm um, just so grateful for you sharing your wisdom. We've been talking to William Warren, the owner of The Sketch Effect, the author of The Conquering Creative. William, thank you so much for your get the time
2: today. Thanks, Jeff. This is awesome. Loved our conversation last time. Enjoyed this one as well. Appreciate you having me on.
1: Well, that wraps up another edition of Chat with Leaders. Thank you for investing your time with us today. If you haven't already, we would be grateful if you shared this episode with a friend and rated it on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts so we can pass down the wisdom from our guests to more aspiring leaders. If you're interested in launching a professional podcast to grow your business, we would love to help. Check out chatwithleaders.com for more information and feel free to reach out by emailing team at chatwithleaders.com. Thanks again and go be a leader worth following.